season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Cobra Sports. My name is Jay Shriglin and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. to the JKR podcast today we have North Carolina native Canes alumni and current NC State freshman outfielder Eli Serrano on the JKR podcast for the Canes baseball series Eli super pumped to get you on the show man how are you doing today good man what up um I'm good just chilling just came off of a series against UVA you know feeling good Okay, there we go. Look like from looking at the stats, look like you had a good weekend there. But before we dig into, you know, your baseball career, you know, why you're NC State, all that type of stuff, I got one question I like to ask everybody that gets on the J Care podcast to start it out. And that is for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Eli Serrano? Man, um I'm, I'm goofy, I can tell you that. That's that's pretty much it. Um, you know, I'm loose, I like that fun. Um I'm personal, I can talk to anyone, I can hold a conversation. I mean if you were to come to me, I look intimidating, but I'm really not. Like, it's not really – there's nothing really about me that's that's that intimidating. But, uh, you know, if, if any of you all come up to see me, um, come to games at NC State, you know, come up to see me. I can I can talk. We can talk whatever we want, um, whenever we want. And uh, you just got to come up to me. That's really it. I mean, I'm, okay. I'll talk. Okay, there we go. So, with you being at NC State, you know, a freshman here there now – Let's dig into that whole recruiting process. So kind of, you know, take us through that, you know, when that got started, you know, when did you start getting noticed by, you know, some of those division one teams? So um, I realistically, it was when I joined that 14 U Canes national team, the first one that we put together um, under coach Gitson and I mean, a bunch of other great coaches on that staff. Um, and we went through that first summer circuit. And at that time I was pitching more than I was hitting. So a lot of people kind of want to talk to me as a pitcher, but, um, you know, I didn't really talk to too many schools because I was just, I wasn't that big at that time. I was kind of skinny. Um, I didn't really get as much love as some of the other guys on that team. But so, I mean, it was kind of, I was kind of slower than a couple other people. I mean, I guess because they were already committed as freshmen um, and eight, even eighth graders at that point. But um, it, I would say like that, that first, travel circuit with that good of a team like it's hard not to get noticed like everyone on that team was getting noticed as it is and um that's kind of what led it off um outside like after that after that uh first 14 u summer um i played my first high school year ball i did fun then then i went to that 15 u summer where i was on that national team to start and then i wanted to hit a little more so I put myself on the the 15U Central team, and that's kind of where, like, I started talking to a lot more schools because my bat started to show a little more. And that's kind of what led – kind of led to me going to NC State, you know. Like, that's – that that fall going into my sophomore years when I, when I committed to NC State. Okay. So when you did commit to NC State, I know you said when it got started, everyone was kind of wanting you as a pitcher. Like, were you wanting to go to that, go to that next level as a hitter? Or kind of what was your mindset on that as that whole recruiting process, you know, went on? I honestly have always kind of wanted to hit more than I have pitched. Um, when I first committed here, it was kind of like as a maybe two-way kind of thing. But as I kept progressing hitting-wise, that's kind of it. Kind of shut that down quick because I can, I just can't pitch compared to what I can hit. Like I really wouldn't be that good of a pitcher at the college level. But yeah, I mean, I've I've always really wanted to hit. Yeah. So, you know, as you were going through some of those, you know, first conversations, initial convos with some of those different coaches, whether that's NC State, maybe some other coaches and other schools, you know, what were some of those initial conversations you were having? Like, what did that kind of look like? Just kind of take us through that and maybe what the strategy was that you kind of saw from all these different coaches reaching out to you. Um, To start, like, it's, it's I mean, it's awkward, like to, I mean, it's not really the easiest conversation to start. It, it takes a little bit to get comfortable. I mean, they're trying to feel you out. You're trying to feel them out. Like, it's not really the the greatest, like, hey, how are you, this and that. But then it starts getting into, like, school, stuff like that. They're trying to obviously sell you their brand, um, their program, um, their school. So, like, it's, it's about that. But you just have to try to make it as loose as possible. Um, not as – I mean, obviously, you can't – you have to still be respectful after all that. But 
but yeah, try to be comfortable with it. Um, it's not the easiest thing. It takes time to get, uh, to be able to do that. But I would say like, it was, it was awkward. And then as soon as you kind of get below, like the, the initial, like, Hey, this is what we want. We want this out of you and kind of get to those conversations where they start feeling you out a little more of who you are as a person. I say, that's when it gets way easier and, and kind of, which will, will end up, making it more a comfortable decision to pick a school too. Cause I mean, you want coaches, you want people who you know are going to be in your corner and you know, um, will treat you like families. You get there. I mean, that's kind of all you got when you get to school. I mean, for some people, they're going to school across the country. So like that coaching staff is what, is what you want to, to be your leader. You want them to be almost kind of, I mean, not really your parents, but someone to look up to someone to be around all the time. Like, and you want to, to model yourself after them as well. Yeah. So with you being an in-state kid, you know, you mentioned there, you mentioned the coaching staff there, but what were some of those key things that you were looking for as you went along that recruiting process was looking at NC state, maybe some other schools there as well. Uh, just what were some of those key things you were looking for, you know, throughout the whole program as you were making that decision? Um, with NC state, I mean, it, it was obviously it's an ACC school. So that, that always has its pluses, but um, coach Avent, coach Hart, coach Chrysler, now coach Robinson he wasn't there or he wasn't there when I first committed but he's now there um Brad Austin coach Pike all the, all those guys like they show you that they care a lot like they're they're all about you getting better as a baseball player and better as a man and I really appreciated that all the way and being in ACC school as well you have things that that other schools can't really afford or I mean unless you're a power five program and some even some power five programs though, they don't really have the backing yet in baseball because baseball is not really a funded sport as it is, but here in NC state, like people love baseball. So like we, they do the most they can to, to make it, to make the things that we want happen. And, and that's kind of what they, they said from the beginning, like it's about you getting better, you being able to go to the next level after college. And that's the, the, the biggest thing for me. Like I wanted to be able to get bigger, faster, stronger at college and, so far, that's that's really all, I, all I've really done, too. So as that recruiting process, you know, started getting closer and closer to when you were making that decision to go to NC State, do you kind of remember, you know, what exactly it was that just, you know, put NC on top? Maybe have some schools that finished second and third. Just kind of take us through maybe, you know, maybe that day where it hits you. Okay, you know, I'm going to NC State to play baseball. I don't know. It was kind of always NC State, honestly. Like, I, I would say that, like, between the schools I was talking to you they, they were always kind of the better option for me like as a player and um I think that like I don't even I think I was what what was I doing I don't even remember I it, but I, I was I was just sitting there with my parents and like we were just talk. I think we were talking about schools and I was just like like I want to become like I obviously want to be a big leaguer and and I was sitting there like and I was just like, I think that's going to be the best. Like, I, th I really think it was just like one of those things where it was just like, this is going to be the best option for me. There's really no other school for me. And I, as soon as I did that, I called uh, Coach Carson, who I was talking to, who was recruiting me at the time. And I told him, I was like, I want to be part of the pack. And obviously he was excited. I was excited. And ever since then, it was, I mean, it's probably been, it's been the best decision I've ever made. Yeah. So, you know, you talk a lot about the whole coaching staff there. So I'm sure your relationship with them, you know, is just amazing. But, you know, how did that relationship evolve, you know, throughout, you know, your whole high school career after you've been committed and now, you know, being with them on that day-to-day -day level, you know, how has that whole relationship built and how's that evolved over time? So I was lucky with Coach Chrysler. My dad caught him in college, which is kind of, is kind of nice. I mean, I've, so I talked to him most of the time and it's always been comfortable because my dad went to college with him. I mean, he's, He's been around me, for Coach Christ, so I've, I've talked to him multiple times. Um, but, you know, in high school, it's hard because you only get the calls or whatever. I mean, I only got the calls because that was the rules at the time. I don't I don't know if the rules have changed. I think they – have they not? I, be I believe – well, right now it's September 1st of your junior year when, like, you can, like, you can start, you know, actually the coaches can, like, text you back. And yeah, but so, so I think your junior year you can go visit there too. Like, you can take okay. unofficials or whatever, and I, I don't think – since COVID was happening, I wasn't able to take those unofficials or whatever. Um, so it was kind of tough there. But, I mean, my, I talked to him. I, I talked to Chrysler all the time. And then kind of going into that, we talked a little more going up to the draft. And then I went to summer school 
here. So I was, I was here all summer. So I was around them when they were here, not recruiting, but then I think going into the fall and all that, like we've always had a good relationship. I mean, it's tough love here. Like, I mean, they, obviously their job is to win. So they, they're trying to get you to buy into their program, buy into their team and make you want to win. And that's tough at first sometimes. I mean, it was tough on me because I, I, they switched me to first base. And obviously, I played first base for the Canes, but it wasn't like I was a elite first baseman. I was just playing there because it's summer baseball. And, you know, you have to do what you have to do to be able to, to still hit. And so I was I – was, I played it a little bit before. I was all right at it. But, like, they really wanted me to become, like, an elite gold glove type uh, of first baseman. And, and that was tough for me with my relationship with them because they were just – they, they wanted me to do it and, and they weren't easy about it. You know, they, they made me go with the other infielders, the middle infielders, do stuff with them to try to get better. And that's hard. And, um, you know, it takes time to, to understand that, like, if they're yelling at you, if they're getting on you, like, it's for the best. It's for your own becoming better, becoming tougher when people are, I mean, because it's not always going to be them. There's going to be people when you're on the road at somewhere like FSU, I've heard, where they just sit there and chirp you the whole time and, like, you have to understand how to deal with that. And that's what they're trying to do when they're being tough on you. And, and now in the spring, like my, my relationship is so much better because of that. Like I'm able to understand what they want. They understand what I want. And, you know, we work way better together. Yeah. So at this point, are you at majority of first base or are you playing the outfield? Cause I'm I still this year I'm strictly first base. Okay. So what was, what was that transition? Like, I know you said, you know, you're going with the infielders, you know, trying to get better, become a gold glove first baseman. But what was that like going from, you know, I believe a primary outfielder to, you know, playing first base for the majority of the time. What was that kind of transition? Like maybe some of those difficulties. Um, you know, honestly, like it, I, I did a little bit of the outfield in the fall and, and then they kind of realized like, Hey, we don't really don't got like, that much of a first baseman so we need to put guys over there so I went over there and you know I'm I'm tall as it is so that that helps that I'm a huge target but like you know I was I was all right around the bag like I wasn't really like crazy at making good decisions there but then like as they start working with me more and more about it um that's kind of when it became easier and and it's there's still things now where I'm like whoo that's tough to do like there's stuff where it's like there's a lefty up and I'm coming off the bag. Like I got to be able to make a play like on a dude who scorches 150 mile an hour ground ball. And it's like, that's not the easiest thing in the world and outfield. It's like, and, and then on top of that, you have to stay locked in like the whole game, Like you cannot take a single pitch off at first base. Um, and that, that was kind of the biggest part with me, like how, how mentally and physically tired I was after doing that. Like, especially because, you know, some days we practice and then we'd go scrimmage after. And it's like, you know, like, it's hard. It's not that it's not, you just get worn down way quicker than you do in the outfield. And I think that was just the biggest part of it. Yeah. You know, a lot, a lot of people, you know, obviously, you know, you see Schwarber moved to first base there when he was with the yeah. Red Sox and a lot of guys, everyone thinks that's easy, but you know, I'm sure that transition from a different position to first base is pretty tough. Uh, but, you know, with you being, you know, an in-state kid, you know, from North Carolina, you know, before you did get to NC State there for, you know, for summer school, summer ball, did you, you know, have any pre-existing relationships with some guys your teammates with now or even guys who are maybe, you know, committed there, 24, 25 class? I know you got your brother there as well committed. Yeah. What are so, some of those um, So for, for the kids in my class, I knew Mike Gupton um, for a while um ever since like my sophomore year I think I've known him um and we've talked and we've been friends for a while but outside of that I think like for, I think yesterday and in, in Saturday's lineup four four of the guys in the lineup and then our starting pitcher all went to pro five so like that helped a lot concerning that like yeah Will Marcy went to pro five Peyton went to pro five Chase Nixon went to pro five Dominic Fritton went to pro five like I went to pro five so like I played with all those guys beforehand. And I think that like that that's helped tremendously as well. Like having those guys being there and like after already going through high school with them, like that, that transition has been nice and, and shout out to pro five because I mean, they, they kept us together somehow, somehow we're all still together. So that's, that's always fun too. Yeah. So, you know, I mentioned your brother there. So the chances are, you know, you're probably not going to get the chance to play with him at NC State, but he is another guy committed there. You know, did you maybe play a role in his recruiting process there as well? Maybe push him towards NC State? What did that kind of look like? Honest, like, if I'm being 100% honest, I had, like, I had nothing to do with it. I didn't I didn't want to get into it. I wanted to make his own kind of decision. Like, if you wanted to come to NC State, like, yeah, come on. But, like, 
at the same time, like, he's young too. So, like, I wanted him to explore all the options he could and see what he liked. But I think, like, he come, he came to games with me last year. Like, he came to fall practices, all time, like, all that. Um, and he just – he loved it the same way I loved it. So, he was just, like – and he saw how much I liked it. And I think that's just, like, as seeing your, like, big brother, like, hey, he loves it there. Like, why would I not do the same thing? And I think that kind of ended up making the decision, like, he wanted to kind of follow me and do the same thing. Yeah. So, throwing it back there to, you know, last spring, you know, your season at Pro 5 is maybe coming to an end. You know, you, you might have that opportunity of being a draft guy, you know, out of high school or going to NC State. Kind of take us through, you know, last summer, you know, what that mindset was leading up into the draft, maybe some conversations you were having. Kind of take us through last summer before you actually did head to NC State, you know, for summer ball, for summer school. Yeah, so um, after our Pro 5 season ended, I was lucky enough to go to the draft combine. And I ended up going there um, out in San Diego. And I didn't do any of the workout stuff. I mean, I played – 40 something games as it was a pro five. So like all the guys I needed to see what I they they saw what they needed to see. I mean, and I I got hurt last spring. I uh uh hurt my shoulder um on a swing. So I, I was kinda out for a little bit as it is. And the main thing about the combine is like they do a lot of testing, they do a lot of like MRIs, stuff like that. And you know, I thought that was just kind of the best way to clear things up. So I went and I did that. And um and I thought that was a great time. I talked to a couple teams and it was fun. But then after that, um, I literally went straight to college. Like I literally went straight to summer school. And I was having a few conversations. Like I wasn't, I, I personally, I really didn't care. Like it didn't matter to me what I did. I, either way, I would be happy. Whether it was college or, or the draft. And leading up to it, it really wasn't that big of a deal um, to me or, or honestly my family. And we kind of set a number. And, you know, we told him, I told my agent, I told him, um, you know, like, that's, that's where I'm at. Like, he agreed with me. We thought it was a great spot. And we were just like, whatever happens, happens. Like, you're in a good spot no matter what. And everyone I talked to before that was like, NC State's a great, like, I mean, NC State's going to be a good spot, whatever happens, because they are known for developing guys and making them better. And that's also kind of what's helped me be content with, like, coming, like, content and excited about coming here because that's that's what I want like I want to become better as a baseball player and so the draft happened I didn't hear my name called I'm kind of moved on from that quick went here and got to work here and and I'm thankful for it ever ever every day since yeah so so the week of the draft you know you're there at NC State you know the draft's going on like did you ever have in the back of your mind okay you know I might be getting a call what did that week kind of look like as you know you're there doing summer school doing summer ball but you know had that opportunity to potentially get that phone call yeah so I think the I I, I was you know I I was always on on edge about it like you never know like hey I might get my name called you know because um, that was definitely a possibility, but um, I kind of I went home I, the first the first day of the draft because that was like what the first two rounds right for the first day. So I went home the first day because I thought that's maybe like that would be kind of the only thing where like it'd pop up. Um, and then after that, like after I didn't hear my name the first time, I was like, yeah, I'm good now. Like, well, I'm gonna get back to work. Like, it's whatever. So after after that first day, it was like, uh, oh well whatever, move on from it, keep going. Yeah. So talking about NC State, you know, take us through, you know, what that summer kind of looked like, you know, it's you, all your freshman buddy, all your, all your freshman teammates, guys in your class, you know, going through that summer, what did that kind of look like leading up to, you know, August, you know, regular students are starting to come to campus, you know, some of the, some of the older guys are coming to campus as well. Just take us through that summer and how, what that kind of looked like, what the, what the difference kind of was when everyone kind of got to campus. Yeah, so in the summer, it was literally like we were just in a dorm. Like I wasn't in my little like uh, apartment that I have now. Um, I was, um, it was us. We were all kind of in like this one little like section of it um, on the first floor. Um, I had class Monday through Friday every every morning at 8.30. So I'd wake up, go to class every morning. It was a public speaking class with like 13 kids in it and five like four or five of us were baseball players so it was like we were just in there um and after that I'd go to tutoring and then I'd kind of I'd go lift with our train or our weightlifting coach and then we'd go to the field and just like hit kind of do whatever because obviously we weren't allowed to go work with coaches or anything 
so we just kind of do our own thing and then we had like basically the whole afternoon to ourselves um so we'd have to figure out what to eat all that um a lot of scooter riding happened in the summer because there's just nothing nothing going on but i mean it was it was kind of monotonous all summer um everything was kind of the same and there was really no one else on campus so it was like there's not like that much we could do um and then like as soon like you kind of knew like as soon as i think i got like a week off maybe two weeks off before i came back to school and then as soon as you came back to school it was complete like it was a completely different place like it, I I was like, where am I? There's so many people on campus, like, and that was kind of that was hard because it was like, holy cow, like, there's a lot going on here. And then you kind of get used to it after a little bit, and then like, on top of that, like you're doing baseball stuff, and that was a grind too. And and that was just like, it was a wake up call for sure, for yeah. sure. So when fall ball did get started, what did that day to day kind of look like in terms of you know just did you guys have you know team workouts, personal workouts at certain times? what that day-to-day would look like, you know, leading up to, you know, maybe your guys' fall World Series, if you guys had that at NC State. Yeah. Just take us through that fall. So what ended up happening was we had, like, our first two weeks of NDD, which is, like, individual defense, kind of outfield with the outfield coach and field with infield coach, catchers, where catchers, and then we hit after. And that was kind of the first two weeks, and then we'd go lift. And then after that, it kind of got – Dude, I, I actually think, like, we got right into scrimmages. Like, I think we kind of – we'd practice and, then, like, do scrim- like a scrimmage-type thing or, like, a coach pitch scrimmage or something um, just to kind of get going and to get us playing together. And we did that, I mean, every day, every day for however long it was. And I think it was until around, like – what's the month before October? September, right? Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. yeah. September, I think it was like mid-September we were doing that because our field was gonna get torn up October thirteenth because we got our new fields. So we were kind of building up to that. So then from like that mid-October point to or mid-September point to the rest, we were kind of doing scrimmages most of the time, trying to like do it. So, but other than that, like I, that's kind of, it's the same thing every day. Like you're really not like you gotta understand that like they're trying to kind of figure out their team too. Like so it's the same drills, same like team drills, NDD, like BP, all that into whatever they want to do after, whether it's like dirty dozen where like they shoot machine, you're running around playing games and it's like conditioning almost like stuff like that. Like, and, and they're trying to get you better as well. So, I mean, it's, it's tough. It's a grind. Like it's, it's not easy at all. Like the fall killed me for sure. But at the same time, like I wouldn't be where I'm at right now if it wasn't like for, for those tough times in the fall. Yeah. So as those scrimmages got rolling, what was some of the, you know, first instincts you saw and maybe that difference in, you know, collegiate pitching facing some of your, some of your NC state pitchers, what was some of those, you know, first instincts and just the difference between college pitching compared to, you know, high school hit uh, pitching? Yeah. Uh, I, like they, they, you, you don't see as many fastballs. I can tell you that. Like you, if you guys, whoever listen to this, if you're going to college, do not expect fastball. It's not high school pitching no more. Like you have to, you have to change your mindsets. You have to change your approach. You have to be able to make – you have to sit on pitches. You have to be able to change your change your approach mid-at-bat, like stuff like that. And and I struggled to grasp that grasp that concept in the fall and even at the beginning sparks of the spring. Like I, was, I wasn't a great at it. I think I got like maybe like just above – not just – I think like nine hits, I think, all fall and spring. Like I, I was trash. Like I was not that great. And obviously, like that, that's that's hard when you're like, holy cow! Like I'm, like, am I like, am I really good enough to do this? Like, holy, like I have kids are carving me right now, and like I, I, I feel like I can't hit anything. I feel like there's a hole in my barrel, and I, it was kind of something where you have to like, you just have to keep learning and keep growing and keep understanding that like it's not easy, and and at some point it'll click, and it kind of just did. Like, luckily for me, it did click, and I'm kind of doing all right now. But, um, yeah, I would just say, like, you got to be able to make decisions and smart decisions about your at-bats. And you have to be able to, I say, develop a two-strike approach. Like, develop something where you're settled down and you're able to make quick decisions with two strikes. Because that's, I mean, no one likes strikeouts, especially, like, scouts don't love strikeouts at the college level. Like, so you want to make sure you can get as many walks as you can and, and get as many 
as less strikeouts as you can because that that helps you as well. And and then at the same time, like you have to understand that like you have to have team at bats now. It's not about yourself no more. Like ever you have to be able to win for your team because you're at college. Like it, you want to go to college world series. That's what we want to do. So you want to do everything you can to be able to to pave pave that way to go there. Yeah. So going through that first, you know, collegiate fall, collegiate winter, you know, what were some of those big things that you saw, you know, just evolve within your development, you know, from the time you stepped on campus last summer, probably about nine months ago or so to where you're at now, just kind of take us through, you know, that development and some of those key things that you've seen just evolve in your game since. Um, I would say like the biggest thing is, is like, I was just saying like my approach. Um, and then we obviously worked some minor things with my swing, which was, which was good. But, um, I would say like I've gotten tremendously stronger and just like more more twitchy I would say like as as a baseball player but and that, and that's helped like everything I would say I've probably gotten a little faster from there um but that's just all like lifts like I mean you're crushing the weights all fall like I, I put on weight too um and and I would say that's the biggest thing like weights and eating is like the biggest thing you can do once you get on on campus and like that's that's the best like best thing I can say like those are the biggest things that I improved on and like obviously kids are different like they can improve on different things depending on where they are but that was the biggest thing for me was was eating and and weightlifting and putting on that weight was my biggest change yeah so with that with with you talking about you know that weight training put on some weight you know what does that weight training routine weight training schedule kind of look like you know, in the off season compared to where you guys are at now, obviously, you, you know, you guys have Tuesday games, you know, traveling on Thursday, yeah. stuff like that. How, like, what's that look like, you know, in the, in the fall, in the winter compared to where you guys are at now, um, you know, just having that busy game schedule too. So we were going, I think five, four, four days a week in the fall, five days a week. I forgot. It's one of the two where it was blocks. So we do upper body, lower body, or we'd go lower body, upper body, lower body, upper body. So I guess it was four, yeah, yeah. So we do that, and that was every day, every week. Same thing. You're doing your squats. We don't deadlift here, so we don't we don't do deadlifts. We do squats. I mean, it's front squats, not back squats. So get prepared for that too. Front squats, um, RDL stuff like that, bench press, all that stuff. And then now, like compared that compared to now, now it's like two days a week. Like, um, it's it's light. It's just to keep you like lifting something. It's just I mean, at this point, like, a lot of guys' bodies, like, we're tired. Like, I mean, we just – like, last week we played Elon, and then we went Thursday, Friday, Saturday against UVA. And luckily we had an off day yesterday. But, like, on days like this weekend, we're going Tuesday, and then we're Wednesday. We're – I don't know. I think we're going to practice. And then Thursday we fly out to Boston College, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then Sunday night we come back here, and then – Monday we're gonna have practice or class or whatever you have on Monday. So like, it, you're you're tired, and that's another thing. Like you have to get used to that too. Like, but it, it just the two days the two days of week of lifting now is is clutch. It's clutch. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys are heading to Boston, like you said, heading to Boston College here this weekend. What does that look like? You know, on a Thursday, you know, travel day. You guys, you know, maybe get to the field early, do a little bit of BP, whatever. And then you guys, you know, hit, take the bus, hit the plane. What does that kind of look like? And then kind of take us through, you know, maybe a pre-game pre-game schedule as well, heading from that hotel to, to that game day, the game as well. Um, so on Thursdays, we kind of like I don't know when our flight is. Whenever depending on when our flight is, um, we kind of head to the field like two or three hours before that. And then like the net the day before though, we send our bus. So like on Wednesdays, we send our bus. So you have to be packed by Wednesday morning to put all your baseball stuff and then like your luggage, all that stuff on the bus. And then on Sunday, on Thursday, you kind of show up with like a backpack, your computer, like whatever you need for the plane for the, because the bus is already there waiting for us. Like, so we just hop on the bus and then everything is on us on it already, but we just kind of go to there and then we uh, get to the hotel after our flight lands or whatever. And then normally we have practice that Thursday night up at wherever we're practicing or wherever we're playing. So we'll have a practice there. And then, on game days, um, we always do like a mandatory team breakfast. So we have team breakfast as a team every morning before game. So we do that. And depending on what time our game is, we kind of chill for whenever. And then we normally go like if it's like a seven o'clock game, 
we left, I think, in my when we were down in Miami, we left at like four to go there. So then we'd go to the field, um, kind of stretch, um, take BP, um, and then it's kind of like game time. You go go back, change real quick into your uniform, take IO, and then you're rolling. Like it's not much time. Yeah. So with you guys, you know, being what what is it like? I saw you guys are what fifteen and four or so, something like that. You guys are about you know twenty games into the season so far. You know, with you, you know, going through your freshman year, what are some of those biggest surprises that you've seen, you know, to that collegiate game, you know, kind of transition from, you know, fall ball to the actual season? You know, just what are some of those biggest surprises and how have you kind of seen this, you know, freshman uh, spring we going so far? Um, You know, it's it's just like it's different because I'm a, I'm a big like I need like that competition, I guess, to kind of get it going. So like I was kind of just sitting there like facing my own guys all the time and it got like it became the same thing every day. And like, obviously like I wasn't hitting well. So it was just like, Oh my gosh, like I need something to happen here. But then like, as soon as like that little switch happens where like you're actually playing someone else for like a record and all that, like, like it, it like it, it switches quick and you kind of see that with everyone else too. Like it becomes a lot more serious real quick and you have to, and, and it can speed up on you a little bit and you're going to get like, I mean, I got, I'm a ner- I get nervous, so like I'll get like butterflies and stuff in the stomach before games. Like, but you just gotta learn how to like deal with that and and understand that like you have to slow the game down. Like you cannot let it speed up on you because you'll just get eaten alive. Especially like when we're in ACC play, like it gets going quick and there's dudes throwing 95 out there. Like you have to understand like slow it down. So, you know, as you guys started ACC play just a couple weeks ago, you know, what's been some of those key differences that you've seen? You know, facing up against you. Know- some of these ACC schools compared to maybe some of those mid-major schools you faced at the beginning of the season? Um, so the mid-majors we played were pretty good. We played NJIT, who's projected to win their conference. Belmont, who's projected to win their conference. At Wagner, who, who ended up being pretty good, too. But I would say I would say the biggest difference between, like, those mid-major schools um, and, and the other – and the ACC schools was their pitching was just a completely different level. Like, they had a pitcher for everyone, like, matchups, whatever it was, like – and they all throw multiple pitches um, that are really good. Like, it's it's a different level. And then on top of that, like, one through nine, like, their lineups can hit. Like, everyone's everyone's a threat. And I would say that's the biggest thing. Um, and it's just, like, it ends up being way more competitive. Like, the atmosphere changes completely. Like, when we're, I mean, when, we're, when we played at Miami, like, they were – I mean, the, their stands were packed at night, like, in Miami, like – it was a completely different thing. Like you could tell, like you were you were at the U. You know what I'm saying? Like, you you knew you were there, and and you're getting chirped. Like it's 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 completely different. And then when we were at home, like like we we lost two out of three against UVA, obviously. And and but like still, like the atmosphere is unmatched. Like there's people there, and and it's like it's completely different. Like you you like yet yeah, in on Saturday's game when we walked it off, like it was like it was a battle back and forth. Like they were chirping each other. Like it got heated. And, and, and that's the part that's different. Like it's always competitive and there's always like a point where it's like, I mean, we were down, we were down by two with two outs with the bases loaded and we needed to win that game. And it's like, it just kind of, it, it's just the, the competition level is, is just a little more up there just because like, that's what those guys recruit. Like when you're playing UVA Miami, like that's a ranked team in Miami as two three national championships or whatever it is so it's they're good programs and uva had a national championship a couple of years ago so it's like the you you can tell like there, there's a difference like in and for all those guys like even at majors like when you play a power five you can tell the difference like even if you win like you you tell the difference like there it's grown men like it, there's a difference like there's grown men out there like there's dudes who shouldn't still be in college that are there and it's and you can tell for sure. Yeah. So as this, you know, freshman spring, you know, keeps rolling, you know, what are some of those goals that you have personally for yourself, but maybe even some team goals you guys got, I'm sure, you know, going to Omaha, stuff like that. But as this season, you know, keeps rolling, you know, the next couple of months or so, what are some of those goals that you have for yourself and for the team? Um, Honestly, like, I, I, I haven't even really, like, I don't, I don't really have, like, I mean, I set goals, but it's not like, I just want to do the best I can for, for our team to win. Like I, I was put at first base because that's the best opportunity for us to win as a team. And and that's kind of just been my mindset the whole way, wherever I'm in the lineup, like what I can do to, to make our, put our team in, 
a better spot after I hit, after I make a play, after all that. And that's kind of just been my thing since I, I've kind of gone. Because that's all Coach Avan preaches. Like, do whatever you can to put your team in a better position to win. And that's kind of just what I what I go by because I think that's the best way to do it. Like, if you want to win, like, good things are going to happen for you. And obviously that team, like, we want to win the conference. We want to we want to go to Omaha. And I think we have a really good shot, too, if we – once once all the pieces start rolling together for sure, we, we definitely have a chance to get to Omaha for yeah. sure. So, you know, after this spring, you know, you're going to go through, you know, maybe your first collegiate summer league. You know, what is kind of the outlook on this upcoming summer? Do you kind of know where you're going to be heading to? Take us through that a little bit. Yeah, so um, this summer I'm going to the Cape. Um, I'm going to Falmouth um, up up there. And, you know, like I, I'm excited. Like I know it's going to be a grind. Hopefully I maybe get the opportunity to play for Team USA this summer if, if that opportunity presents itself. And that would be a cool experience too. But, you know, like I'm – it's the same, like, it's new for me, so I really don't know exactly what to expect. Um, but I'm, I'm excited. Like, the Cape is, I mean, the top thing you can go to. So it's going to be really fun. It's going to be competition. It's going to be hard. Like, it's going to be another challenge for me that, that I'm excited to kind of take on. Yeah, so how did you get connected with the Cape? Was this something that your NC State coaches got you connected with? Or, you know, how exactly did this whole thing come about? Um, Kind of a mixture of, of my – my agent as well as as them um I was planning on going to the Cape by the way because I'm a sophomore eligible drafts guy so this is kind of like my what would be a sophomore yeah like a sophomore in college is summer so um I kind of had to do something like this like if I really am planning on um if I want to get drafted next year um either way like I, I think I'm prepared enough to go to the Cape like I'm I'm good enough to go to the Cape so that's also a reason and they wanted me to just kind of get as many like competitive hard at bats as I can so I'm continuing to get acclimated to it as as I, I, I keep playing do you know anybody else going out there are you going to be like is it going to be like a whole new world for you so a lot of the guys on my team I played with previously through travel and I, like I know Jason Jones is on uh Falmouth I know um Ross Highfield from Mississippi State's going up there um Luke Heyman's also um going to be on my team I'm trying to think who else there's a couple other guys but yeah a lot of the guys that I know that are on my team I've I've been around before and I play with so I'm so I'm also excited for that too it's like going back to playing with like those guys back then like in the travel ball days yeah I'm sure um so you know this this summer won't be your first transition from you know metal to wood but kind of take us through you know let's let's kind of dig into that a little bit you know what is that transition going from you know you're using metal here for the spring season when you do head to the cape you know it's an all wood bat league you know what is that transition going from metal to wood you know maybe back to metal you know what, what's that kind of that difference there for me it's not really like um it's not really that much like I a lot of times I prefer wood more just because I can feel like I, I can feel the bats of ball a little more. like I, I know kind of what's what's going on a little more. I, I mean, you can miss hit a metal, a, a ball with metal and it'll still have some juice behind it. Like you, you got to really be precise. I think that honestly makes me better as a, as a hitter as it is. Um, but I mean, there's really no big difference. Like, I mean, I've been used to it for the past however long I've been doing. I mean, for travel ball, you have to. So you kind of get used to it I think that that's a big benefit of playing trial with the summer circuit is having to use those wood bats because it gets prepared for summer college summer ball collegiate summer ball and, and obviously like if you're lucky enough to get drafted out of high school like hey you've already done it for four years now so it's not really like that big of a difference yeah. So you know, as we dig into you know, your on the field play, you know, like you said, you made that transition from outfield to, you know, playing first base for, you know, pretty much every inning that you're on the field. Where do you kind of see yourself, you know, th in the future? You know, maybe when you're playing in the Cape, maybe, you know, your sophomore spring at NC State, you know, do you see yourself as a first baseman, outfielder, both at the next level? What where's kind of your mindset on that? Um, I could definitely I mean, wherever a team needs me, I could definitely play both, like if they're but I would love I mean I think I'm going to end up going back to the outfield next year. I think that's kind of the plan, but um, I, I pro like, I take pride in trying to be the best at both, like the best I can be at both. So I know I'll be able to play both from now on. Um, but I would just, I I'd love to get back in the outfield. Like that, the outfield is so much fun, like making those plays, like, I love the outfield. So ho hopefully I get that chance to go back to the outfield. So being being a bigger guy, I'm assuming you're a corner outfielder or, you know, where's that primary spot in the outfield? Yeah. I'll probably end up being a corner guy. Like, if I get lucky enough, I might be able to play a little center field here and there because I know I'm fast enough too. I run like a six six, so it's not like I'm I'm slow. So I'll definitely be able to. But um, 
you know, kind of wherever, uh, mostly right field or center field. I'm, I'm not really good at left field. Like it's just kind of, I've never really played it. So it's not like I've like ever done it before. So it's kind of, it's different. Like that's the crazy part about the outfield. It's like, it's different wherever you're at. Like there's yeah. a different thing you have to be good at. Um, and left field is kind of rough for me right now, but also like, I haven't played the outfield in like however many months it is now. So it's going to have to be like, when I get back out there, it's going to have to take a little, like a, a week or two to get back under it. But uh, I'm, I think the outfield is kind of where, where I'll end up be at the next level and, and moving forward. Okay. So let's dig into the hitting side of things. You know, the part, you know, most fun part of baseball, you know, hitting that ball. Yeah. Take us through that hitting approach. You know, you're on the on-deck circle, maybe watching the guy in front of you, watching the pitcher. You know, just kind of take us through, you know, what's going through your mind um, on the on-deck circle. And then as you're walking up to that batter's box, you know, just going through your mind, you know, what are you trying to do with each at-bat? Just kind of take us through that. Yeah. Um. You know, I'm I'm big on – I'm trying to hit the ball the other way. Like, that's kind of my thing. Um, ever since I've been here, though, like, they've worked with me on hitting pitches that are in now. And, like, that's taken me to a whole new level because it opens up so many other doors. Um, but, I mean, for the most part, like, I'm trying to get, you know, depending on who it is, like, obviously there's tendencies, like, especially now, like, there's so many stats where you know exactly what people are throwing and what counts. Like, there's stuff like that. <clears throat> so like we we can kind of base an at bat off that so like depending on the at bat you know i'm looking for whatever pitch it is whether it's a fastball whether he throws change-ups where you throw sliders like whatever it is like and that's the other thing with going to college you have to learn how to sit those pitches and be good at sending those pitches and like even if it's even if his tendencies are to throw change-ups and he throws that one fastball like learn that like hey you're sitting on that change-up like you're not don't swing the fastball because you know a change is coming next that next pitch so, like, you have to understand that. And then that's kind of, like, what I've gotten better at as I've done it, like, uh, to learn how to, like, prepare in that prepare, – preparing in the dugout before you're about when you're in a hole or something like that, visualize an on-deck circle and then make it happen when, when you're hitting, whatever the situation is. And that's kind of, like, kind of all I go through. And, and I'm, I'm also a line drive guy, so I don't try to hit palms or anything like that. Like, if it happens, it happens. But – you know, I'm, I'm more of a bat to ball guy as well. So I kind of do that. You said, you know, once you got to NC State, you know, your two strike approach has kind of evolved since you've got there. You know, yeah. what does that two strike approach kind of look like and how, like, you know, what all went into that evolving of the two strike approach? I, when I, when, you know, when I get the two strike approach, I spread out, I choke up. Like, I guess that's super stock things to do, but I think that's super, super important. Like, it, it provides so much more hand eye coordination. Like, it, it makes it simplifies your swing tremendously so there's not really many things that can beat you I think with my two-stroke approach it's like you know you're look you're covering everything on the outer half you're able you're I mean you're a little late on a fastball you're on time with anything else you know you, you have to fastball adjust as we call it where you're looking fastball but if something happens like you have to be able to get ex extended out in front to foul off a pitch or get a hit if you can and, and that's kind of the biggest thing like the only pitch that should really ever be you and your two-strike approach is maybe a dotted fastball in. And, like, even then, you have to be able to, to try to do something to make sure it doesn't punch you out, you know? And I think that's kind of, like, the biggest thing, and they talk about it all the time as well. Yeah. So you talked about earlier, you know, you, about the metrics that you have. You know, you kind of – you can tell by, you know, you can kind of tell, you know, with the scouting reports and all with all the different types of technology, you know, there is nowadays, you can kind of get an idea on, you know, what pitches come in this and that. But talking about technology, you know, are you a big technology guy when it comes to, you know, maybe hit tracks – different types of stuff you guys have there at NC State? Or are you more of an old school guy when it comes to, you know, see ball, hit ball? You know, I'm just hitting some line drives out there. Yeah, for the most part, it, it's like we're – sometimes we'll bring out blasts like every once in a while if they, if they want to see stuff. But for the most part, it's like they're, 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 they're old school, but they're not old school, you know? Like they, they would much rather see the line drives, all that stuff. But they'll use technology to see, like, hey, is there anything we can do better to make this work a little better? But, I mean, for the most part, like, we're up there. I mean, like, the most technology that we really use is track man on the field. And that's for the guys who, like, need to improve their bat speed, get better exit velocity, stuff like that. Like, they can see that. But, I mean, we use mini hacks. We use all the machines, all that. We have a spin ball, which can literally put any pitcher you want up there, and it'll spin off their breaking ball, their fastball with their metrics, all that stuff. But for the most part, I'm I'm a big like line drive guy. Like I don't really need the hit tracks or all that stuff to see. Okay. 
how hard you hit the ball, how much barrels you get, like all that stuff. All right. So digging into the mechanics of your swing, kind of take us through, you know, what that looks like, you know, from the load up to that follow through, kind of what that looks like and how that's evolved, you know, maybe in high school and, you know, when you did get to NC State, maybe yeah. some adjustments you made there. Um, I kind of stood a little more straight up in high school. Um, I, over time here, they've kind of spread me out a little bit more, kind of getting my base and all that. But, I mean, for the most part, like, if you were to look at, like, Christian Yelich and watch him, um, I'm really similar. I just don't have a leg kick. Like, um, and that, that's kind of who I've kind of always based my swing off of just because I'm built really similar and I'm a lefty as well. Um, but other than that, like, I'm, I'm super simple. Like, I don't have any, like, crazy thing in my swing going on. Like, all I have is, you know, I, I'm a little spread out. Um, I'm wide. I'm kind of a hip loader. I don't really, like, do anything else. I don't really worry about my hands much. Not a lot of rhythm going on in my hands as well. Like, I'm just kind of go up there and hit the ball. Like, it's really that simple. If, you, if you're on time with anything, it doesn't really matter what it looks like as long as you're on time with that fastball and can make adjustments, you'll be able to hit. Like, yeah. and, and I live by that. Like, as long as you can, you can do that, like, you should be able to hit anything you can. Yeah. So looking at your game's entirety. So when you're playing first base, you're playing the outfield, you're hitting, running bases, maybe interacting with some teammates. If you were a scout watching your game, what would be that personal scouting report that you would write up on yourself? Dude, I, I would just say like a winner. Like I, that's kind of what you see when you watch me play. Like I want to win and I'll bring that in any situation, like whether it's first base, like I'll do everything I can to help my guys win whether that's not bad. And, and I think people see that um, for the most part. Like I've had a lot of like long at bats. I mean, I hit the seven hole. So I'm sitting there like, and I try to do the best I can. And seven, we'll try to get something going to so the top of the lineup comes up. So, hey, we're, we're rolling now. Like, I can get some runs across. I think that's the biggest thing. Like if you were if my scouting report, it's just one word, it's winner. That's really what it is. There we go. You know, that's probably the best scouting report I've had, had someone say about themselves. Uh, but <laughs> But, you know, you talk about, you know, what you are there on the field. Let's kind of talk about, you know, maybe some things you're wanting to work on. As you look towards that future of, you know, the rest of the season, heading to the Cape, your sophomore year before you head to that draft, you know, what are some of those key things that you are wanting to put an emphasis on within your development before, you know, you head to that next level? Yeah, um, you know, I think I think the biggest thing is, like, I, I, honestly, I would say hitting fastballs. Like, obviously, like, it's, it's hitting. So it's like, you're not always going to hit the ball, but like, if you can, if people miss fastballs and you can just whack them when you can't, when you want to, like, I think it's the biggest thing. And obviously everyone needs to work on that. Like there's, there's very few, I mean, Barry Bonds is like the best example of it where you can just sit there and take any pitch you want to and puts it over the fence. Like, but like, obviously you want to be able to get to that point. And I think that's like, like everyone else, like if you, if you don't miss your fastball, like you're in a good spot, like you put yourself in a spot where they're throwing, Oh, one fastballs and you hit it and it's like oh if you miss that now you're oh two like it just changes your game to to a completely different level if you don't miss that fastball and i think that's kind of just the biggest the biggest thing i need to work on and along with everyone else like it's not the easiest thing to do but i feel like if i can kind of get that down a little better like that'll change my game to a completely different level yeah i'm sure so no where you are now in your baseball career i'm sure you've had you just a ton of you know influential people within your baseball career if yeah. you could pick, you know, maybe two to three people who have been the most influential within your career, you know, who would those couple people be and what would be the reasonings for them being so influential? Honestly, I would say my dad, my mom, those two, I think those two kind of go as one um, for the most part. Um, I would say other influential people I've had uh, that kind of go hand in hand as well as Bryson Massey and Lance Wheeler, who are my Canes 15U coaches. Um, they, I mean, they, they did wonders for me. Um, they did wonders for me, um, on and off the baseball field, learning how to improve there, um, and off the field as a man, like they, I've called them when I can and, and they've talked me through some stuff going on. And even Lance called me a couple of weeks ago before the scene started. And like, we talked through some stuff and I think those, those people have been really big influence influences in my life and have taught me things that like without them, like, I wouldn't have been able to figure out for myself and stuff like that. And honest, honestly, like, a third person, I don't need, I don't, I don't know, kind of. Well, I, I mean, I, I did say two to three, so if you, if you don't. Yeah, I kind of hit the four, but they're kind of two pairs. So okay. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that works. I mean, obviously, my parents, just because I'm around them every day, they've grown me up. My dad played baseball. My mom played college basketball. Like, 
they have athleticism. They know what it's like as a college athlete. They know what it's like as a high school athlete. My dad played professional, so he he knows what it's like as a professional athlete. So I can kind of go with them whenever whenever I want for whatever I want. So so that helps as well. Yeah. So last baseball segment here, Canes Baseball Pro Five Academy. Let's go. Let's go ahead. Let's show them some love. You know, yeah. first off with the Canes. You know, kind of take us to you know how you got connected with them and what that experience was like. You know, for the three four years that you got the chance to play. Yeah. So I went over to the Canes when I was thirteen. I think my first year on the big field. My dad kind of made a team in Northern Virginia, and we went up there. We we played ball there. Um, and then after that was like kind of when I got on that national team. Um, fourteen U. And, and that was, I mean, that we won world with bad that year. That was a great experience. And then obviously like 15, you happened. I was on the national team and I just really wasn't like where I needed to be to continue to be on that national team. So I went down to central for a little bit, which was just, which was also so much fun. Like if you guys aren't on a national American team, like, dude, it doesn't matter. Like playing travel ball with kids you can make friends with. And like, there's still kids I talk to on that team today that like I'm still friends with. And, and then after that 15 years, 16 U, I was on American all, all year. And then 17 U, I started up on American. And then they moved me to national after that first tournament. And I kind of went off on that. Like I, I did my thing on national and, and we had a really good time. And, and all those guys, I mean, I played with Roman Anthony for my 14 U pretty much to my, my 17 year, like Nathan Fink, all those guys, like Cole, even Cole Young, like I met 15 U and we went up and, and all those guys I've been around forever. So it's like the, the Canes did wonders for me. They they made me lifelong friends. Like I met Coach like Coach Petty. I mean, he was a joy to play for. Those like oh I I miss those days for sure. Like the, those were the days like where I could just go back and it's it's fun. Like baseball's fun when you're playing on that travel team and you have a good team and you're winning. It's so much fun. I'm sure. So, you know, get a chance to play for Kane Central, Kane's American, Kane's National, you know, three, you know, very different teams there. For the most part, did the, like the culture kind of seem the same there with all those being Kane's programs? Or what was the difference there, you know, going from Central to American to National? What was that? Yeah, kind of like, well, it's, for the most part, it's all like the same culture. I mean, obviously, like when you're on National, like it's a little different because everyone like people, people look, I mean, there's people who look up to National, like they're, they're sitting there. It's like, oh, it's Kane's National kind of thing. So like, you have a little bit of like a, a confidence to you, I would say, but like at the same time, like you have that confidence just because you're wearing that Canes logo. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like people sit there like, oh, they play for the Canes. Like they got to be some dudes for real. And that's how, that's kind of how like you kind of carry yourself around the Canes and, and and you play like that too. Like, I mean, I was on winning teams with all three of those teams. Like we, we really, we rarely lost. So that was, that was, that was, it's, it's fun. It's yeah. The culture is amazing. I'm sure. Yeah, no, I mean, I interviewed, so I had Petty, Jarrett, Gitson, um, Wheeler, and Burke all on the set, like the same week I interviewed them all. One of the, one of the best weeks I've had on the podcast, you know, it was oh, awesome. Get, get, just see the, the culture they've built and all the experiences that, that they've all had. It was, it was awesome. You know, obviously being, you know, a travel baseball guy, you know, trying to work in baseball in the next couple of years. Like I, I've heard of the Canes for the, for years, but it was cool to kind of get to see, you know, how the Canes were built, you know, in the inside of some of those guys' minds, you know, that Canes culture, you know, is amazing. And, you know, interviewing all you players as well has been super cool. Yeah, uh, dude, they're, they're great. Like literally like that coaching staff, that 17 national coaching staff is, is a great time and, and you'll make memories with them for sure. So for, were you, are you young enough to be, to wear those New York Mets scout uniforms um, when, when you were yeah, yeah. national? So, so we got we got to wear those those Mets uniforms at Jupiter. So like now they obviously they always wear the Mets, but when before it was just when we would go to Jupiter, we'd wear them and, and we got to wear them last year. And those things were sick. Yeah. What was that? What was that? You think there's a little extra target on your back when you're uh, wearing oh, that New York Mets scout team? Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. So you mentioned that this last Kane's question here, we'll, we'll briefly go through pro five as well, but you know, you mentioned that WWA that you guys won, you know, beyond that, you know, what are just some of those favorite Kane's memories that come to mind of, you know, being with that Kane's program for a couple of years? Dude. I, I mean, dude, the bus rides are awesome. Like, I mean, obviously there's memories that I made on a bus. Like we, we had the speaker on there. We used to do like karaoke, stuff like that. Um, the hotels, I mean, most of the time we were all in that same hotel. So we, we did hotel trips together. We did all that. Um, but honestly, like, it just just winning. Like, winning was the best part. Like, we all win together. And it's like, 
it's like something crazy happens all the time on a national team. Like someone's hitting a bomb, like some electrics happening every game. So I say that's probably like all those memories. Like, I mean, there's just too many to even go back and like yeah. name. Like I'm there's sure. just so many. It was all a blast the whole time. Yeah. So pro, so pro five Academy, take us through that. You know how you got connected with them, why you decided to play Academy baseball compared to maybe the yeah. high school route. Take us through that a little bit. So at that time I was in Virginia living in Virginia, which I mean, it's like I was there, but it really wasn't like a, a big deal. Like I, I still claim North Carolina more than I claim there. Um, and I was up there and COVID obviously happened. So we were out of school. And there was no baseball happening up there, like none whatsoever. So then Clifford, um, Ryan Clifford hit me up. He was like, hey, like, I'm going to Pro 5 Academy. Like, they need another guy. Like, you want to come down? So I talked to my parents about it. They kind of iffy about it because I had to live with the host family, all that. So then, like, we kind of decided on it. And, like, it was honestly one of the best decisions. I mean, it's, it's made me so much better to be able to, like, we came down to Pro 5. We did it. And that – first fall I was on my own like and it taught me to grow up too like I'm away from my family for however long it was like you have to be able to live on your own um even with those family you still got to be able to like handle things by yourself because you really don't have those parents to to kind of like cradle you as you go through go through high school and that junior year I kind of did it by myself um we had a really good year we won that we won the conference championship my junior year and then you know, I had that summer circuit. I came back my senior year, and at that point, my family's all moved down to North Carolina, so we're all um, we're all here now and at the Fuquay area. And I kind of did the profile thing again, and it made me tremendously better. Like it's almost like a it's it's college. I mean, kind of without the classes and without like the hard hard aspect of it. Like where you're still getting all the reps you would get, all that stuff. The pitching is still going to be there. Um, to an extent, but like, it it makes you so much better. Like a profile. Yeah. Like if if you have the opportunity to play at a really good high school, or something like an academy or something like that, a private school even, like whatever can put you in the best situation to see better pitchers, better hitters as a pitcher. Like if you like whatever you can do up that baseball competition to put you in a place to become a better baseball player, like do it. Like it's it, you will not regret it. Yeah. So one so. So, you know, throughout the podcast here, you know, you've kind of talked about your draft advisor a couple of times, you know, whether that's, you know, for the Cape Cod, for the draft, you kind of went through last year, last summer. You know, that's like, like I told you before we started recording, you know, that's what I'm trying to be, you know, as an agent slash MLB draft advisor once yeah. I graduate from school here, you know, next May. So when I get players like yourself, you know, on the podcast, I kind of want to dig into this here a little bit. Yeah. Kind of take us through, you know, your advisor selection process. You know, what was that like when they start reaching out and, you know, maybe some key things you were looking for throughout that process yeah I mean it's, it's almost like it's almost like picking a college almost um you know you want to find someone who is there for you like that that's their whole that's their whole purpose they will their their job is to take care of you so like you want to find someone who genuinely cares cares about more than just that baseball player who's who's able to ask you about life who's able to talk to you about maybe your girlfriend maybe like someone died in the family you want to be able to talk to them and be comfortable and like they're almost a family member and that's the most important part because it's like you're trusting them with with your career at this like uh, that that's the biggest thing like you you they're having conversations for you and you want to be able to trust them to do that and i think that's the biggest part like if you find i mean there's going to be people that reach out um whether what whatever type of player you are and like you have to be able to make that decision on whether they care if you're able to talk to them if you're able to be comfortable talking to them about things that you might even be able to be uncomfortable talking to your parents about you know, cause like that, cause when it all, when it's all said and done, like they're going to be there taking care of your issues. Not, not like, I mean, obviously like a couple of your issues, all that stuff when your parents can't, when you're at the professional level and, and you have to be able to find someone who you can trust in doing that. Yeah. All right. So digging into my, you know, my last segment here, like I said, you know, I want to dig into, you know, the personal side of things here real quick, yeah. passions, motivation, stuff like that. First off, you know, what are some of those passions you got, you know, beyond the game of baseball, you know, when you're trying to, you know, maybe take your mind off of some things, maybe you're in a slump and, you know, just need to get away from the game. Yeah. What are some of those things you like doing beyond baseball? Um, I play video games a lot. Like, I think that's kind of like the biggest thing. Uh, I mean, there's really not much to do because um, we're doing baseball so much. So video games are definitely like a, a go-to. I have a girlfriend, so obviously I talk to her a lot just because 
I also have nothing else to like. I mean, there's really not much to do. Um, and I'm not 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 knocking her on that. Just saying, like, there's just minimal stuff. Um, but I mean, I hang out with the team a lot. Like, you finally kind of realize that like those guys are like you're gonna be around them more than anyone else. So like, you have to find a way to be able to come friends with them, or it's gonna be a rough time there. Um, and I think that's kind of the biggest thing. Like, I I really don't do much as it is. Like, I'll, I'll sit there and watch movies. I mean. I'm kind of like a, a loner when it comes to like. <laughs> so when you're, playing, when you're playing video games, you a PlayStation or Xbox type of guy? PlayStation. PlayStation. Okay. What about movies? Are you like what, like a comedy with like Adam Sandler, Will Ferrell, or you know, what do you like? No, like I, so here at NC State, like there's a couple group of guys that like we do like a, a movie club kind of thing where it's like we have a group chat. We'll text like someone picks a movie that we've never seen before, and it ends up being like Tarantino movies, all types of stuff like psychological through like it dude like it, we, it sounds like nerdy stuff but like dude, the movies we end up watching are amazing like they're great movies and it, we have like discussions on them after like it's it's a thrill it's fun it's fun yeah. are these guys on the baseball team or are these just guys on campus no nah, baseball team baseball team okay okay hell yeah like, that, that's kind of cool to have a bunch of you guys you know looking at different movies but uh moving on to motivations you know what is that you know deep down you know when like what is that you know helps you you know get out of bed every morning helps you kick the sheets continuously evolve you know as a ball player as a person you know what are some of those motivations you, you got deep down obviously um god is definitely one of those things where um i've gotten kind of into this more as i've kind of gotten to college and been around guys who are really faithful um, with God. And, and I've kind of learned how to do that um, and walk, walk the way with him. Also, um, I kind of do it for my family. I mean, obviously I want to be able to make money one day. So I do that with, with that in mind. But I mean, uh, just, I'm kind of a, a joyful guy as it is. So I'm, I'm excited when the next day comes. Like, I think that's just kind of, if you can find a way to find something in your day to excite you, um and, and to kind of keep you going pushing forward every day like find that thing and then do it like that that's the biggest thing i'd say like baseball practice for me is like my getaway so i go there and i enjoy that and i look forward to that every day yeah so shoot so taking that question a little bit further you know 20 years down the road you know you're using that those motivations you know to provide for your family all the all the different types of stuff perfect picture down the road, 20 years from now, you're going to be, what, 38, 39 years old. Yeah. What does that perfect picture of your life look like 20 years down the road? Dude, hopefully I'm still playing. Like, that would be, like, the goal, right? I mean, there's still guys that are 38 playing. Um, I, I would love to do that. Like, hopefully, maybe, hopefully, Hall of Fame numbers. Like, that'd be sick, right? Like, a couple, a little bit of money. Like, I got a little bit of money now, signed a big contract or something like that. Like, I guess that's the end goal. But, like, if I don't reach that and – I'm still playing baseball or I had a good career or something like that. Like I'm good with that either way. Like wherever it takes me, it takes me. Like I'm not really, I haven't really looked forward that far, like to, to really do it. Like, I guess like the hall of fame would be like the biggest goal I could think of. Like, I mean, that'd be the coolest thing in the world. Right. Like that'd be awesome. But I mean, I don't know. I really don't think that far ahead because I'd like, there's so many unknowns where it's like, you can't really like have a perfect picture, I guess. Like whatever happens, happens. Yeah. So being, being from you know, North Carolina, being from Virginia teams that, you know, states that don't have major league teams, what would be that dream, you know, team to be playing for or to get drafted by here, you know, next summer? Dude, I, I don't know. I, I like the Yankees. Obviously I'm, I'm a big Yankees fan. So the Yankees would be sick. Dodgers. Um, I like the Padres too. Like the Padres were to do that. That'd be sick. I mean, I think those three, I want to be somewhere where it's warm though. So that makes the Yankees really hard. Like, really hard those april, to, those april games might be a little tough and those october games might be tough too like it yeah. it's cold it's cold so i, I don't know some are warm some are warm for sure okay okay so last question here for you you know now that you are in college you know you have that opportunity to capitalize on your name image and likeness yeah. you know, looking at all the brands across the country what would be that dream brand to you know endorse collaborate with partner with whatever happens to be what would be that dream brand dude i like, I'm a big shoe guy, so, like, StockX would be sweet. Like, I saw Paige Beckers from UConn has that StockX deal. I know she's getting shoes. But I'm also a big, like, Lululemon guy. So, like, if Lulu, if y'all are listening to this, like, bro, hit me up. I'm telling you, I wear, I, like, I love Lulu stuff. Like, their pants fit me perfect. Like, their dress pants even fit me all right. Like, everything they have is perfect. And it's the only thing where I can really get stuff where it's my size because I'm 6'6". Like, 
there's stuff that just doesn't fit me in other brands. So yeah, Lulu, Lulu okay. for sure. Okay. Well that, that, that means, so you're, you're not the first guy to say that. I think Lulu lemon's probably the number one answer for that question. I think all, right. all these ball players are saying, or, or, you know, saying Lululemon every time someone mentions you, like I'm always saying, you know, I need to go get myself a pair still haven't yet, but you know, I'm going to have to go give that a try stock. Yeah, I mean, that's a good one. I mean, that's, you know, probably the first time I've heard that stock one. That's a, that's a pretty good, you know, NIL brand. Yeah. StockX, hit me up. Okay, there we go. All right, man. Well, that's the final question here on the JKR podcast. You know, super appreciative of you, you know, coming on the show. I know you got a busy week. I know you guys, you know, playing Boston College. I believe they're ranked here this week. So, you know, good luck this weekend. Good luck the rest of you, you know, um, this spring, this summer, and just the rest of your career, man. You know, I'll definitely be following you. Um, and again, just th thanks for coming on the JKR podcast. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. This was fun. I appreciate it. Thank you.